Welcome to a PRN Moment for Nurses, a podcast created by nursing professionals to bring support and encouragement to nurses. This podcast is a collaborative effort of the three major healthcare systems in the Dayton, Ohio area, Kettering Health, Premier Health, and Dayton Children's Hospital. We are welcoming Dr. Elizabeth Lolly. She is the superintendent of Dayton Public Schools. And we'd like to start talking to her about how she has survived the pandemic, how her nurses have survived, how her students have survived, and how her staff has survived. Welcome, Dr. Lolly. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Hammond. It's, it's a pleasure to be here with you and to talk with you about our wonderful nursing staff in the Dayton Public Schools. Let's begin our conversation talking about a holistic perspective of self-care with you and your staff. How have you survived or your staff survived the pandemic? What has happened that gave you um, superpower during the pandemic? Could you explain that to us? Um, I think for the staff, um, the superpower came from being able to connect with their students. We were remote for um, a long time. Uh, almost an entire year, uh, we were on remote learning. And I think that surviving through that, uh, they depended upon each other. They depended upon their family members because we didn't see anyone face-to-face for a very, very long time. And I think that once the students came back in March a year ago, uh, that really supported um, the staff. It really supported the students. It really supported our families that we finally got to see our our students are and our, our children face-to-face again. So I think the strength uh, came from togetherness without being together of being around uh, the students because the students always give us energy. They always give us the, the reason that we're here. Uh, so I think that's what really helped us. Did you do any special type of learning techniques while they were remote? We actually did. We um, had our, our uh, very finest teachers tape um, a video lesson every week, um, one or two video lessons actually, that was related to the standard that should have been taught that week by the regular classroom teacher. Every Friday, all of our, our teachers met by either content area groups or by grade level groups, and they planned out what the lessons would be. So the, the we call them our lead teachers, would tape those lessons, and then the regular classroom teacher would actually finish the lesson turn off the video, and then they would take over and do a follow-up with our students. And we call that portion where they're they're reviewing and working with the students that we do. So we do it together. Um, The actual taped lesson is called the I Do. I model it for you. I teach you the concept in about five to seven minutes. And then the regular classroom teacher would do the follow-up we do lesson. And then the next day we would give the students an independent lesson. But our teachers planned all those together. And they actually, when we surveyed them at the conclusion of that, they actually indicated that they really would like to continue to meet across the district, uh, even if it's virtual like they did for that entire year. Um, But they still, they picked up so much from each other, meeting in a grade level group. So all the first grade teachers talked together. Um, All the biology teachers talked together. So everyone met with their their like group and learned so much from each other. Uh, When you're this size of a district, that's difficult to do, but we were able to do it with Zoom, and then our students benefited from it because they got to see the same lesson, so equity was provided across the district during a remote time, and then their teacher followed up with a lesson that had been planned by everyone 
in that grade level so everyone got the same lesson, maybe a different style, a different flavor by that teacher, but the same information. It sounded like you had a collaborative effort before, but it was enhanced during the pandemic. You planned and you implemented your plan and then you evaluated. It sounded like it went to another level. Is that correct? That's that's absolutely correct. And actually, uh, this morning in a meeting, uh, my secondary chief of schools said, you know, the secondary teachers have been talking a lot about they miss having the opportunity to meet with the other teachers across the district. They miss meeting with the biology teachers. They miss meeting with the other algebra teachers. So we're going to do something next year to um, have at least a little bit of time for them to be able to do that again because they talked about the fact that they've missed that and they really valued that time. And it sounds like you're saying that in addition to supporting the students, the teachers supported each other. As adults, we tend to support others, but not ourselves. And I see that as a theme because in nursing, I hear that it's happening a lot. And nursing really needed more support among each other, peers and nurses. So I think that's very valuable. So tell me about your school nurses, how have they fared? Because I believe it probably was very uh, problematic for them with the mask, on with the mask, off with the mask, the vaccines and all of that. How did they fare through the pandemic? I think the school nurses have fared very well, but I have to tell you, um, hats off to all of our school nurses because they ended up with a brunt of figuring out what to do with a yes. student that was diagnosed. Do I, how do I diagnose whether the student just has a fever today because of something else or they actually have COVID? They ran our quarantine rooms. Um, they, they have done everything uh, as far as contact tracing. So they have really had the brunt of the uh, disease uh, of this pandemic. And they've done, a, they've done a wonderful job. I know at times they, they wondered why they were still here with us. Uh, you know, why am, I, why am I doing this? Because it's overwhelming. Uh, and it was overwhelming for them. But they are a strong group of people. Um, they are committed to our students and they are committed to the profession. So they were able to, to survive it. Um, but it, it has been very, very taxing on them uh, because they are the ones that everyone looks to and says, I think this child has COVID and they're the one who's supposed to figure that out and want to do with it. So it's it's been a, um, a hard year and a half, two years for them, but they have done an excellent, outstanding job for the Dayton Public Schools. It sounded like they um, crossed over into community health and mixed that with school nursing. And because of that, they have been successful. And I am sure the parents had some input in that. How, were they very receptive to this? The parents, the parents were extremely uh, receptive to um, making sure that the students were safe, making sure that if the student was identified as potentially having COVID, uh, they took them to be tested. Our nurses followed up with them and made sure that they knew how to get a test, where to go to get the test, all of those things. And our nurses helped us run our vaccination clinics, both for our uh, staff members as well as our students. So they were they were invaluable. So they did cross over into community health in a, in a very positive, strong way. And additionally, they um, started meeting with the public health officials and the Montgomery County Educational Service Center, which hosted those meetings. Our nurses were uh, constantly in contact throughout this entire pandemic with community health, with public health, and with other nurses around the county. 
That's amazing. Tell us about the vaccine clinics. Were they well attended? Did you have to do a lot of advertising? And maybe not quite twisting their arm, but strong, I encourage you to do this. How did that go? We actually um, advertised. We had people who requested it. And fortunately, the um, governor uh, allowed teachers, educators, um, school personnel to be at the front of the line um, after we did, you know, healthcare and um, nursing home personnel, they allowed the educators to be next in line. So in February of uh, last year, we were able to actually um, hold three vaccine clinics. We held them in three different buildings uh, throughout the um, week, and we were able to get about 52% of our staff vaccinated. They were the ones who chose to. They signed up for the vaccination and we um, did the Pfizer vaccine, so we needed a second vaccine. Mm-hmm. And they came back, they returned uh, four weeks later, and were vaccinated again. So it was not a lot of arm twisting. Uh, we, we had a lot of people who were ready, uh, people that requested it. We did end up with other people who called later and said, I've changed my mind, I'd like to have my vaccination but we didn't have the clinics any longer, so they needed to report to their own doctors and figure that out. But we were very pleased with our initial numbers. Do you feel hopeful for the future as far as the pandemic often wax and wanes? We're up, we're down, we're with the mask on, we're with them all. What is your perspective on the future as far as your students maintaining in school? Um, Will you have to do remote again? How do you feel about that as a superintendent? Well, right now we are we are looking at uh, very, very, very low numbers um, across the county and in our schools. Uh, for example, last week we identified one teacher who had one staff member who had um, the um, uh, virus and then one student. That's amazing. So, so our numbers are extremely low. Uh, they have been for the month of February. We had a large surge in January after the holiday break. But we're back to we're back to almost normal, and in a flu season time, you know it's typical that you have uh, more students than what we're having absent um, at this point because um, we we have been monitoring that. So we've watched it. Uh, parents have been very um, careful to keep their kids home if they're ill, so we don't pass anything around. So I think I'm I'm very hopeful that we are uh, back to normal, as as normal as we're going to be uh, in this post pandemic world. Um, I'm hopeful that, that we don't have to go remote again. However, our students do have that access. Um, we have made sure that through the Emergency Connectivity Fund, uh, students who did not have the technology um, have that technology now. And, of course, the Dayton Public Schools, along with several uh, grant providers, helped support us getting those um, Chromebooks out to all of our students whenever we were remote. But a Chromebook doesn't last very long. Um, you know, it's a it's a, a very inexpensive piece of equipment. So after uh, a lot of wear and tear, like our students went through for the last year, Chromebooks may or may not still be working. So anyone who still needed one with the Emergency Connectivity Fund, we were able to provide those to those students. So they can do homework um, on, the, on their new Chromebooks. They can do uh, assignments that they uh, email to their teacher, that sort of thing. But I'm hopeful that we don't have to depend on those for a means of educating because we are finding that our students are, are very far behind because they haven't had that social, emotional um, connection with the teachers, with the staff members. They have not had that face-to-face instruction. 
Uh, this year we've been totally face-to-face and we are seeing some closing of that gap, but it's still a very wide gap to close after you've after you've been without uh, your classroom, your support with your teachers, your support with your friends for almost two years. So you, it sounds like you had a good plan in place and now you are coming up with remedial and you have an idea of what that looks like. And so you're making plans to close the gap even uh, more. Is that correct? Well, we actually implemented um, a major remediation acceleration plan because it's it's impossible in a school system to ever catch up if you always are remediating. So in order in order to catch up, you have to remediate at the same time that you're accelerating okay. the learning for students because they missed last year's curriculum perhaps. Well, you've got this year's curriculum that they're supposed to be doing. So how yes. do you do both? Yes. So that's why I say we're, we're remediating, but we're accelerating at the same time. And we took our ESSER dollars, our um, American Recovery uh, Act money, mm-hmm. and we put two teachers in every first grade, second grade, third grade classroom. So there are two teachers that um, work with 22 to 28 students, depending on the grade level, and they are their they are their classroom teachers. They're not team teaching. One teacher is responsible for um, teaching. Uh, literacy. So they teach phonics, they teach the reading comprehension strategies, uh, they teach the writing, the uh, student writing, and then they also teach um, the um, actual reading fundamentals. Uh, so so that would be the, the fluency, the phonics, um, the vocabulary, all of that. And then the other teacher teaches math, and they teach the math foundations, math concepts and skills, uh, the lesson from the math textbook um, that's that's supposed to be taught for that week. And then they teach math writing as well. How do I write like a mathematician so that you understand that I, I know the concepts that you're talking about? So with that in mind, um, those teachers teach half of the class, and then they switch. So there's time for small group, uh, and there's time for a class size reduction in that classroom. And where, where teachers have accepted that model we, are, we have seen some gap closing occur before December. Between our, our September testing date and our December testing date, we've seen some major gains. And, and I'm talking about gains from last year, which would be easily made, but yes. also gains from pre-COVID, the That's year amazing. before we, we went into the pandemic. Um, so we're very hopeful that those gains continue. Mm-hmm. Then we also put in uh, paraprofessionals in, in every two kindergarten rooms to help the kindergarten teacher have small group opportunities as well, while the paraprofessional monitors and, and uh, works with the other children, and put in math specialists in fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, and then reading as a mandated requirement for our seventh and eighth grade students and our, our ninth grade students. So they actually have to take a reading class in order to kind of close that gap from not having reading uh, taught as as a uh, fifth grader if they're now a seventh grader or a sixth grader if they're now an eighth grader because you have to think about the fact that a fifth grader finished school uh, remotely their fifth grade year and they weren't in school they they had a whole nine week period of time where they weren't in school and then they did not come back for for a full year yes so they they were technically fifth graders who missed their sixth grade year. So now there's seventh graders coming back after that period of time. So it's really important to catch them up in that reading area. So we've uh, put in a, a very strong reading program. And we also um, offered a 
reading endorsement for our 7th through 12th grade teachers. And we have a, a group of them. Uh, I think we have about 12 teachers that are working with Miami University to pick up their reading endorsement, which will make them so much stronger in that teaching reading as a um, content area as opposed to just teaching reading for reading's sake. Yes. It sounds like it really has taken a village because you talked about the funding for the um, special programs. So not only did you make the plan, you implemented the plan, but you had other people helping you with the plan that enhanced the learning for the students. Is that pretty accurate? Uh, absolutely. It enhanced the learning. And, and the um, the money that we received has been spent on staffing to awesome. help increase the learning for the students. Yes. Uh, we did not go the tutoring route. We're remediating the learning, but we're also accelerating the learning because that's the way you close the gap. The combination of the two. I'd like to ask you about your Nurse of the Year. Tell us about that. That is so exciting. Oh, we were so pleased to hear that Don Abbott uh, was selected as the Ohio Nurse of the Year. And she's a she's just an outstanding nurse. Um, she used to be our Director of Nursing, and she determined that um, she wanted to go back to being a school nurse because wow. I think she missed the interaction with the students. So we were, we were sad to lose her in that position, but very happy to, to regain her as a full-time school nurse. And I think that she um, has done such a great job in, in both as a director and also as um, a school nurse that uh, the recognition is very well deserved. So do they have any special secrets that they share among themselves or how they survived? Can you share that with us? Um, I think that our, our nurses, uh, because they they meet regularly, uh-huh. I think they share a lot of things together. And I'll see emails. They'll copy me sometimes on emails that they're sending to each other, or they'll all copy me and question, uh, can we try this or can we think about doing this, which is always very helpful because I'm not a, a medical person. Um, I have never done um, allied health type work other than having, you know, contact with school nurses and things like that. So their insight and their input's always extremely helpful. And the fact that they work so closely together, uh, they have a new director now who works very closely with them as well. But we've been on a couple of different Zoom meetings where we've talked about um, early on in the pandemic what we needed to do and how we needed to work through that. Um, And they were always very insightful. Uh, very thoughtful about their approach to it. So I think they do share a lot. They share a lot about um, what they find out about students. Um, As far as um, I had a student who um, had a severe headache, this headache turned out to be, uh, you know, this, so you might want to watch for these symptoms. So I think they share those kinds of uh, pieces of information as well so that they all keep informed in case there's some type of uh, virus or flu or something that's going around in their buildings. Um, they also share a lot of the um, teachable things that they do. They they do a lot of teaching, extra teaching. You know, they make sure that all the screenings are done, the dental screenings, the uh, vision screenings, all of that, and they share a lot of that uh, procedure and process with each other as well to make sure that they're well organized uh, and make sure that they, if they need support and help, that they help each other cover. How has the interaction with the health department been um, as far as the school nurse goes? The, the public health department's been phenomenal. Okay. They've answered questions. Um, they've actually had several private meetings with me and, and a couple of board members. They've also spoken several times at our board meetings to talk us through 
uh, what we should be thinking about and, and how we might be able to handle certain situations. And then they meet uh, monthly with the, the nurses in Montgomery County so that all the nurses have access immediately to the health department. So it's been outstanding. Um, that connection has really strengthened our nurses. It's strengthened the connections between schools and within our own school district. One of the things we have been trying to do is get different perspectives of nursing and nurses um, in different areas of employment. So we appreciate you taking time and talking to us. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for giving us an ear because this really is a PRN moment for nurses. <laughs>